from the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you, wherever you may be around the world. Morning, uh, it's actually morning, morning, morning this morning. time. I'm so used to that. I Mike know. Douglas here along with uh, Elaine Harlan, our producer and co-host. Welcome to Lighthouse Live and the Lighthouse Live International <laughs> Podcasting Network. Great to have you with us. And today, Elaine, uh, uh, really a pleasure. I mean, the, the Varsity Squad is yes, here today. We call them the Furniture Friends. And uh, these these guys are out there a couple times a week, two, three, sometimes uh, more, uh, just delivering uh, furniture and appliances to people in need, uh-huh. and there's just some incredible stories involved in that, and uh, we're so happy to have Dan the Man yes. back with us uh, mm-hmm. as well, uh, important part of this group, and uh, we'll be talking to Dan in just a little bit as well. Uh, so to get to all that, uh, let's get our special events done here real quick. Let's check in with Voice of the Martyrs. Hey, what's up? This is Michael Tate with the story of another real-life Jesus freak. 500 years ago, the only legal Bible is in Latin. But William Tyndale has a vision to bring God's Word to all the people. Working in secret, he translates and prints thousands of New Testaments. Soon, Christians all across England finally understand they can have a personal relationship with God. But thousands are executed just for owning one of these books. Tyndale also is hunted down and his last words are a prayer. Lord, open the king of England's eyes. God honors that prayer, and within three years, the king orders William Tyndale's Bibles to be finished and placed in every church in England. Will you stand with the voice of the martyrs? Go online to persecution.com. You know, it puts things into perspective. You know, <laughs> here in America today, you know, where our, our big issues are budgets and and IRS and, you know, the, the taxes that need to be filed. And you think mm-hmm. back to a simple thing like uh, publishing a Bible, and uh, William Tyndale gave his life for that. So I think that just reminds us yeah. to uh, take advantage of the freedoms that God has given us and to appreciate the, the time that we live right in right now while yes, we have it. Indeed. And speaking of appreciating those things, let's check in with Brad Dacus. It's time for The Legal Edge, a look at your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. And now with a look at what's happening on the legal front, the president of the Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dacus. Pacific Justice Institute has filed a new brief in the Pledge of Allegiance case. After deliberating for over two years, the three-judge panel of the Ninth Circuit Court ruled in March in favor of the pledge and one nation under God. 
the atheist plaintiff, Michael Newdow, is now asking the court to do a further en banc or 11-judge review. Mr. Newdow's request provides no evidence that reciting the pledge at school inflicts any damage to children. Now, PGI affiliate attorney emphasizes that the Constitution does not forbid official acknowledgments of the existence of God. Let's pray that Mr. Newdow discover God's existence before it's too late. I'm Brad Dacus. To find out more about The Legal Edge, call 916-857-6900 or log on at pacificjustice.org. Can you imagine the founding fathers, you know, sitting around the table saying, we have to decide whether or not we can officially uh, acknowledge the existence of God. Uh, real, huh? Uh, anyway, we have to let's move on. Every uh, once in a while. Uh, let's do that. We have some fun stuff to uh, discover today. Volunteer Center of the United Way has some opportunities for you to volunteer. Now, this is this is kind of cool, kind of fun maybe. I don't know if you guys as as young boys or whatever sitting around the table here this morning you ever did toilet paper, you know, did you ever go out and TP anybody's house or anything? No, no, of course not. <laughs> Pastor Mike, you're sitting there looking guilty as charged. They're having a toilet it was, it was- <laughs> It was a rite of passage. Of course it was. It was a rite of, right, guys? I'm sure I mean, that's a rite of Dave passage. Going, that's right. Yes, yeah. and Leonard, okay. you're guilty too. I know you are. But anyway, I'm sure there are some stories. And what you here. do is is you time it so that the paper goes up just before the sprinklers come on. And then it's <laughs> one of Great Ooh, in the what morning. a mess, huh? Yucky. Mess. Anyway, oh. anyway, anyway uh, United Way of Stanislaw County is uh, holding a toilet paper drive. And it's rolling on to McHenry Avenue this Friday. I'm serious. June 18th to benefit nonprofit agencies, okay? Organizations spend thousands of dollars on toilet paper each year. So do many households, as we all know. But they're going to do this vitally important service uh, that they provide to the community. It's We Are On A Roll. Pretty cool, huh? Anyway, Toilet Paper Drive is a fun and easy way to help United Way's partner agencies, and over 600 rolls were collected last year. But this year, the goal is, are you ready for this, guys? Five, 1,200? No, 5,000 rolls they're asking for. And how many squares will you spare is the big question. Now, volunteers, this is where it gets interesting, volunteers ages 14 years and up are needed to help collect these donations and express the agency's thanks for their support. Flexible shifts are available throughout the day, working with the uh, 26 partner agencies in the United Way. This is uh, <laughs> this is kind of a fun thing to you do. You know, we I could go we. somewhere with yeah, that. I guess but we I, could. I'm going to resist. Oh. The, <laughs> I'm going to resist the uh, temptation. Sure it is a hard, hard uh, temptation to resist. Yeah. But anyway, that might be lots of fun. It was a great idea, yeah, though. Yeah, yes, kind of yeah. cool. I don't know who came up with that, but I'll ask. Bob well, and, and 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 remember, I mean, seriously, not not too long ago, two of our volunteers uh, were ministering yeah. to a a single mom mm-hmm. uh, who, who was a victim yes. of domestic abuse, yes. mm-hmm. and it was a simple thing. Uh, she had no toilet paper in the house. Did not want to go back into the environment to get it where the guy was was beating her to a bloody pulp, mm-hmm. and these volunteers were able, to, you know, a simple thing to provide and. Uh, yet very, very meaningful to her. So, uh, you know, we can jest about that a little bit, but uh, a serious, serious, serious thing uh, for her. We encourage you to participate in that and, and, and support the United Way in that effort. Absolutely. Now, Camp Jack Hazard, uh, where you can make it a summer to remember and share fun-filled days. And Bring nice your own teepee there, too. We uh, can- <laughs> 
can make this uh, night and youth uh, at the residential summer camp program located at Dardanelle in the Stanislaw National Forest near Miwok. And this can change your summer and it may change your life. Volunteer assistant counselors are needed to interact with and supervise uh, youth throughout a four-day, three-night rookie session or seven-day, six-night resident session during the July 3rd through August 5th season. Make that August 15th season a little bit longer there. Programs include summer resident camp for campers ages 8 through 14, leaders in training ages 15 to 16, and rookies ages 6 to 10, and special three-day, two-night, overnight hiking, camping trips uh, to the Carson Iceberg and Immigrant Wilderness. Uh, volunteers and youth participate in outdoor activities, rock climbing, uh, rappelling hikes, river exploring, fishing, blind walks, 30-foot uh, high challenge course, uh, arts and crafts, painting, sculpting, tie-dye, jewelry, all kinds of stuff. Kitchen assistants are also uh, needed to participate. Volunteer schedules begin Saturday morning and end Friday evening for all of these opportunities. Teen volunteers ages 16 and 17, 17 are especially uh, encouraged to participate in this, and adults uh, must complete a background check. Uh, Camp Hazard, Camp Jack Hazard's intent is to have fun, of course, and cultivate a healthy mind, body, and spirit, as well as to model and teach the four core values of honesty, caring, respect, and responsibility. Camp Jack Hazard sounds like a lot of fun to me. So if you uh, are inclined to do that camping kind of thing, just uh, call Barbara Borber. We'll give you that number in just a moment. Now, something uh, close to Mr. Al's heart, and Al's not with us today because we're at a special time here today, of course. Habitat for Humanity, building homes alongside low family income uh, while they build their dream of home ownership. Uh, volunteers skilled and unskilled are needed to help out in all areas of house construction and clean up under trained supervision on uh, Tanea Avenue in Modesto. That's in the airport uh, neighborhood. Wednesdays from 12 to 4.30 and Thursday through Saturday, 9 to 4.30. Turlock bills uh, are also available on uh, certain Saturdays during the month. Times and dates will be uh, announced. Volunteers must be at least 16 years of age to be on the job sites. Uh, volunteer orientations are held at 12.30 every Thursday uh, or on one Saturday of the month. Habitat for Humanity addresses the problem of poverty housing by building homes in partnership with families who provide sweat equity, kind of like our furniture friends providing that sweat equity, and benefit from no interest loans uh, to purchase their new homes. Now, if any of these items of the Volunteer Center of United Way appeal to you, dear friend, call Barbara Borba. She's at 209-524-1307, extension 113, again, 209-524-1307, extension 113, or you can email Barbara. She's at bborba at uastan.org. And uh, here at ABC, we are into furniture donations, as we'll see here in just a minute. But why wait? We have experts <laughs> in the field here with us. We have this morning here with us Leonard Heisel, Ken Klein, Dan the Man Diaz, Dave Haneke, and Furman Maria. Welcome our furniture friends, our A-team as we call them. So glad you guys are all here today. Move up to your microphones and say, hey, glad to be here. <laughs> Leonard and Ken, who knew each other right out of diapers, I think, almost, huh? first grade. Almost. Anyway, uh, you were apart for a few years, and then 
reconnected here at ABC about, what, six years ago? Tell, tell us about that, because that's interesting, how, how God kind of connects those dots. When, when did you guys first know Move each other? Move up to the microphone, guys. You can uh, need a microphone there. No. We're, we're going to ask Leonard to start this one off. Yeah. So, so when did you first meet Ken over here? What was it, first grade? First grade, first grade just first grade. a few years ago. Who was your first grade teacher? Mrs. Weaver. That's right. Wow. Who's your second grade teacher? This is a test. <laughs> yeah, that is a test. Uh, Move up to the mic. Third Kendall. grade? Third, third grade. I can name them all, can well, you? you can go right ahead. <laughs> we won't get into that. You caught me off guard there. And you guys lost connection with each other for right quite a while, after right? We got into high school. Yeah. And, uh, by that time, we were one grade separated since I flunked one grade. <laughs> <laughs> so that, uh, no, I don't know if it did any good or not. But. So how did, how did you meet again? Well, we see each other throughout the years now and then. But I think, um, where was it, uh, you was having those um, uh, meetings once a month. Luncheons, yeah. And she'd, uh, she would uh, get me at church over there and, well, come on out here to luncheon. So I went over there and here he was so um, then when I retired and I came over full time now Leonard was a meat cutter I don't want to say the word the B word the butcher, butcher. Thing. No, butcher. you were a meat cutter and all sorts of other things and Ken was a school teacher for many of his years 38 years 38, 38 years. years wow my That's goodness and and Leonard either knows or is related to about everybody, everybody in, the area, in the county, the and yeah. he talks to all of them. You say, uh, Leonard Heisel, oh, yeah, Leonard. Yeah. Do you know this guy? Oh, yeah, I know. That's amazing, Leonard. You have, you have deep roots here. Well, you've been here area. for 71 years. I guess you should. Yeah. My wow. goodness. Amen. Yes, and, and we know that you talk to everybody because when you guys come back from delivering something, everybody talks about how you have talked to everybody while you've been out. <laughs> and you were, rela were related to Well, my sister them. always said she could go from Sacramento to, to uh, L.A. and stop at every town and talk to a cousin. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's great. That's, that's wonderful. Good. In fact, you knew Dan the man when he was still in diapers. Just about. Well, not quite. He's, not quite, but almost. What, 16, 17? Yeah. Yeah, it's about then. Now, the story with Dan the Man goes back to when, Dan, your parents owned a market. Was it Empire? Yeah. Yeah. And you worked there. And, Leonard, did you not work for Dan's parents? For a while. Okay. He had two stores, one in Houston and one in uh, Empire. And uh, I cut meat there. And then Dan was still in school, though. And uh, when did you start cutting meat for him? Oh. A number of years later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually... In uh, 68, I guess, well, before then, but, yeah, I was the cleanup person. Uh, well, that's how I started out. Yeah. That's how I started out here at the radio program, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't moved far from that. Uh, We're going to keep him I'm, there for a while. No. Elaine says I'm going to have a promotion fairly soon if I do a really good job. Get a raise we'll, in pay. Huh? We'll see how that works. Yeah, double my pay. I don't know about the pay. Yeah, that would work uh, real well. So God reconnected you guys uh, a little bit. But through, I quit uh, cutting meat, so the last 10 years I worked for the county. Yeah. And what did you do for the county? First seven and a half years I drove that medical van to San Francisco four oh, days a week. Wow. And then they decided to give that to out to contract to stores since they have all the other buses. And so then they put me in a, over in the printing department. Mm. Um, 
pushing newsprint and then delivering the county mail to inner office, which was a pretty good job. You really have had a neglected career because you've also worked with the elderly. Uh, yeah, we put in six and a half years as managers of Stanford Place Retirement Residence, mm. which was a challenge, but it was a very interesting time. So God truly has prepared you to work with others and help yeah, others yeah. and come yeah. alongside them, and, and that's wonderful. And you know, that was a time that Leonard and I kind of reconnected yeah. because Leonard was in charge there of the uh, retirement facility, and my mother was uh-huh. his, one of his people to, to watch, you know. And, oh, she just loved Leonard. He, there wasn't anything that Leonard couldn't do right. He was very helpful and very accommodating, and she really enjoyed working with him. Yeah, well, she said Kenneth never would come in and visit her, so I had to do it. For <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, 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 That's not true. No, 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 no. He would come and play the piano and organ for us, so we enjoyed that. And, and you know what? Ken is still playing the piano and organ in places today. Now, on your off days here at ABC, you still go over to some of the facilities, and, and do you not, Ken? That's true. Yes. Uh, three of the facilities uh, here in town. Well, one actually in Houston, uh-huh. and then two here in town. And I also play for SIRS, which is an organization for retired men. Sons in... Retirement. So, sons in retirement, right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I got it. So, and, and, and friends, what, what the Furniture Friends do, basically, is as people donate furniture and appliances, many of them don't have a pickup truck. They don't have the, the, the capacity to actually deliver the furniture and the appliances to the person in need. And uh, so God uh, really raised up uh, mm-hmm. our, our group here, and, and these men are out at least twice a week, often more, uh, and, and they spend uh, most of their, their day just schlepping furniture and blessing people all day. And uh, it, it is a, a, a tremendous ministry. And, and, and Leonard, what, uh, what, what kind of, I don't even remember how we got you connected in that in the first place. What, what attracted you to this particular way of, of helping other people out? Well, what what started was Elaine there at church, you know. I think you just, come on over, come on over, come on over. <laughs> I don't know whether you knew I was about ready to retire or what, <clears throat> but uh, uh, I do enjoy working with other people and uh, volunteering. And uh, so um, I tried out one other place first. You didn't know that, but I did. <clears throat> I did. <laughs> and uh, I didn't... Uh, I don't know. I don't know that I fit in, but I just I didn't feel comfortable there. So I said, "Well, come on over here. At least I know somebody over here." Then I run into Ken. So <clears throat> I've been here ever since. And it's all history from there. And I think we must must tell uh, the story, Mike, about when our good friend Marty Lancer called us one day mm. because everybody has something to give and offer. If you're in the body of Christ. And, and even if you're not, you uh, you have certain abilities, skills, you know, talents and interests that you like to to offer, things that you can do. And Marty called us one day and he said, Elaine, he says, I- I've got this friend. And I said, well, great, Marty. <laughs> We're glad you have friends. He says, and and he wants to volunteer. And he says he's been to other places and, and uh, they just seem to, you know, tell him that, I don't think there's anything that, you know, we have for you to do. And I said, okay, Marty, well, great. He says, well, uh, uh, and he wants to volunteer. I said, great, well, send him over. He said, well, uh, this is one thing. Elaine, I said, well, what? And he says, well, uh, he's blind. He can't see. And I said, you know what, Marty, send him over. (laughs) And so 
Marty sent to us. What she really said was, Pastor Mike looks a lot better when you can't see him. And so, uh, <laughs> and and so Marty sent to us Dan the Man. We Dang. affectionately call him Dan the Man. And Dan, we can't express enough in words how much you mean to this organization, how much we love you. And all the guys around the table would just uh, agree with me, and, and they have. And and so we we just uh, we just affirm you, we love you, and we also uh, have expressed uh, to our friends what you've gone through in these past several months because we've missed you having you here. You've had some health issues, and uh, so we just uh, we're glad to see you today, dear friend. Thank you for coming and joining us. We know that you have a physical therapy appointment here in just a little while, and that's one of the reasons why we're doing this program at this special time today, so that you could be with us. Great to have you back. Great to have you back. Um, I want to, can you introduce, uh, because we want to get the other players in here uh, real, real quick, Elaine, and yes. uh, introduce our, our other two, then uh, a little uh, challenge for you Dave Haneke comes to us, a world traveler extraordinaire, recently uh, from Australia, and uh, volunteers and all sorts of groups we know nothing about. I'm just kidding, <laughs> Dave. You, uh, you go everywhere and help all sorts of people out and uh, big crews coming up. But tell us a little bit, Dave, about why you're here, what attracted you to ABC. and, and uh, Well, I'm, I'm kind of the, the new guy both to ABC and to the local area. I've, I, unlike... Ken and Leonard and the other guys who grew up in this area. I've only lived in Stanislaus County, Modesto area, about 12 years. Uh, I've worked with AVC now a little over a year, and I got involved through my wife, Lee, who's had a long-time relationship with AVC mm -hmm. and Elaine and Pastor Mike. In fact, Pastor Mike married Lee and I. It's over four years now. Yes, it's been yeah. four years. No, it's <laughs> four years now. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my. And... Uh, I've been, I had been doing a lot of vo volunteer work. I still do for various conservation environmental type groups like the Sierra Club and the American Hiking Association. But I was looking for something to do maybe that was a little more direct in, 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 the, in my local community and, and something where I could help people a little bit direct, more directly. And AVC had this opportunity with the, the furniture and everything. And, uh, as I've stated before to the folks I work with and the people in here, I think the, the two things I enjoy most about it are the, the immediacy of the feedback you get. Mm -hmm. So many times we pick some item up, a refrigerator, a bed. We'll pick it up, and an hour later we'll be taking that to a person who needs it. And when I say need it, sometimes we'll walk into an apartment where there is nothing in there other than maybe a few clothes or a, a pad on the floor and we'll be bringing a bed or we'll be bringing an appliance and the joy and the thanks on their face or and they express verbally can just carry you for weeks on that the other thing i enjoy is the interaction with the people i work with so, mm -hmm. and uh 
you know, like like they said, Leonard, Leonard, Ken, they've been around here for 70 years. So when I ride around town, it's like a living history lesson. <laughs> I, I, they can point to every corner in town and say, this used to be there. And do you remember when such and such was there? And so uh, I've learned a lot about the community, which was one of my original I wanted to kind of get involved in the community. ABC's been my outlet. And you that. even mm-hmm. lived through Leonard's driving, too. Well, so so far. <laughs> so, sometimes I wonder if it's if it's not if, it's when. <laughs> Bless your heart, Dave. And, you know, you guys, you, you just reminded me, Dave, of a certain... Uh, incident, uh, one of the, the cases that you guys delivered a hospital bed to a woman in Waterford. Uh, wasn't it Waterford? Yes, it was a, a few weeks back, uh, maybe a couple months ago. The one that we had to remanufacture. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, yes. Do you guys remember the emotion uh, around that situation where you delivered? I mean, it was just like within, I don't know, a few hours, it seems like we got the need was called into us. Uh, the hospital bed was donated. You guys went out there, and she had been in a terrible, terrible accident. Right. You guys delivered the bed, and remember the tears and the emotion and the gratitude. Yeah, I, I, no, I, re- I remember yeah, because Dave that's, that's the kind of thing I'm talking yes, about yes. where you, you just, the need sometimes is, you realize the need is so overpowering. I mean, and when you can fulfill that kind of need with some, some item that you look at with a, you know, like I always looked at it as a refrigerator as mm-hmm. basically something everybody had and kept your food. But when you realize there are people who have had to go through periods where they don't have a place to store their food, their coal, they don't have a bed and you, you, it makes you appreciate what you have a lot more. That's Indeed. for sure. Indeed. You know, I, I think it's significant there have been books written on, how to figure out what you do after you retire. There are groups that meet several times a week to try to figure out to do it. Doesn't seem that was so hard for you to figure out, Dave, right? I mean, you just, uh, there's a need out there. I'm available. It seems like a simple thing, doesn't it? It does, but you know, you cast around and, and like I had a similar experience like Leonard where I, I did some work with a group that I, didn't really get the kind of satisfaction because I didn't feel like what we did was 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 directly helping people. Let me put it that way. And I mean, their intentions were good, but I I had to find something like AVC to really feel because I think as a volunteer, you want to feel that your time is being used well and that you can mm-hmm. you can really help and. And I get both those needs answered when I work with ABC one or two days a week. And uh, but yeah, it's when you're retired. There's initial period where you kind of cast around looking for what you're going to do next. And it took me a while to find this, but I'm glad I did. We're yeah, glad you yeah. did too, Dave. And then we have Furman for Memorial. Furman, we want to welcome you uh, to the group and to the to the show this morning. I don't think you've been to Lighthouse Live yet, but uh, we're certainly glad you're, you're here. Glad you jumped in with both feet. Retired, recently retired. You jumped in. You wanted to volunteer and uh and you certainly have survived all the <laughs> Leonard's <laughs> driving and, and the group and everything. And we just appreciate the fact that you want to serve. What drew you to volunteer and, and uh, to ABC? 
pretty much the same uh, as everybody else. Uh, a need to to give uh, and and feel good about it. You know, I mean, there's there's a lot of organizations that give, but you never you never uh, touch another person mm. physically or 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 anything like that. And that's not what I wanted. I wanted some place where I would be able to meet this person and and uh, real not realizing that. It sometimes it really has an impact on how you feel and how great you feel mm. after the fact and how blessed we all are to have what we have. Absolutely. And so uh, when I, I retired from the phone company after 39 years, I was going on volunteering in every place. And, you know, they tell you that all these places need people to, to volunteer, and but I never got any responses. Mm. This is the only place I got a response from. I'm still working on some of the other ones, but uh, I, I, it's really a pleasure to be here. Furman yeah. loves God and loves people, and it truly shows. And he's resourceful, too. Yes. And he's yeah. resourceful. Oh, very, very yeah. much so. I mean, there was an electrical problem, you know, and he knew how to take care of it, or what resource would be available to, to, to correct it, which is very, very helpful. You know, and, and some of you listening in, in Lower Slavovia and somewhere in Europe, Maybe wondering. So, what's the magic bullet here? How do you? Do, and, and really, it's it's very simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's no magic bullet here at all. We just try to keep it really simple. Find the need, and let the volunteer know how to how to, how to connect with it. And, and we we try as much as possible to stay out of your way as volunteers. You know, and, and, and let you <laughs> let you do what you want to do. How how God allows you to do it. Just and, remember uh, that so. next time. <laughs> <laughs> And it seems like a pretty good formula and, there, and doesn't it? Does. It? it does. It does. And, and, and uh, Dan, if you have any words of encouragement for those who might want to volunteer that think that they can't or that something is holding them back, what would you say to them? Well, it's uh, like the guy that called you for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I volunteered at numerous places. But they didn't know what to do with me, because mm-hmm. you know, being blind, I they they didn't know what I could do or what I couldn't do. Uh, Salvation Army and Turlock uh, knew what to do with me, but uh, not a, not a lot of the organizations here in town. They just uh, they just didn't have a use for me. I said. It's free labor. <laughs> I said, you know, I, I can do whatever, but, uh, you know, I, I need some instruction or direction. But, uh, you know, I've been blind all my life, so I've done numerous things. and But, uh, like I say, they don't know what to do with us uh, as from the blind community. Dan, are there, uh, it sounds like what you're telling us is we need to be careful about making assumptions. Mm-hmm. Uh, because like you said, I, hey, free labor, I'm available. And, uh, you know, when, when the furniture friends here kind of, uh, you, were, you were grafted into the adopted family here, uh, we just let you do what God had programmed you to do. And, and so you're there schlepping around furniture and, and uh Hopefully not having to take them up too many stairs. We and try to not do, do that, it right? So well. <laughs> to watch. What, yeah. 
What did you think the first time we put you on the end of a couch and told you to pick it up and go? <laughs> well, as long as somebody else is leading, hi. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fine. You guys do it so well. You work magnificently together. <clears throat> He's good, too. Yes, he yeah, is good to watch you guys. I can, I can steer him from the other end of that couch and he'll I, go right where I want you know, to go. Actually, I think he steers you, and he knows his way around this city, the Bay Area. When I get lost, I call Dan because he can tell me where to go, you know? It, it, it's wonderful. And we, I'm so glad that we know uh, what to do with you. I think it's more like you know what to do with us. <laughs> it's it's a, a wonderful, wonderful relationship, and we love it. Like I said before, we just love having you here with us, and uh, you've made all the difference in the world here at Advancing Vibrant Communities, and we've received so many uh, calls and, and, and comments from people who are blessed uh, by the blessing that you give to others. And so our prayers, Dan, continue that you will uh, continue to recover and your physical therapy will uh, uh, be well for you and uh, that you will be back with us uh, soon, in no time at all. So we just uh, we just appreciate all of you, uh, each and every one of you. And it is time for our musical guest this week. And this song, uh, we, we hear this song each and every week at the Serving Church Fellowship. Sunday afternoons from 2 to 3 at the Sherwood Bible Church on Floyd Avenue in Modesto. But this song is Johnny Diaz, and it's called Love Like You Loved. And uh, you men truly uh, live out uh, the message in this song. And so without further ado, here's Johnny Diaz, and we'll be back right after this. Help me to love like you loved, to serve like you served, to speak only words of truth.
only words of truth Help me to care like you care For a world in despair Help me to love like you I love that. Love so, like you love. And you know what it feels? That feels like you know you you ought to be in some ethnic neighborhood in New York in the middle of summer, you know, and it, it's hot and, and everybody's just kind of dancing, you know, kind of the Jamaica thing down yeah. the street. Yeah, it's and, got that feel and, to it, and, doesn't it? And helping people. It really you know, does. That's uh, that. I just love that uh, and, song. And the whole spirit of that song is just like. You know, Jesus loved like that. He got down and dirty, if you will, out in the trenches with the people. He didn't stay behind the four walls of the synagogues. You know, he got out in the streets with the people in need, and uh, that's where he served. And that's, our friends, what he wants you and us to do. I think, men, you you brought up two interesting points here um, in in the first uh, half of our program today. One is, one, one aspect was the... The instantaneous results that you get. You know, many times in ministry, you're planting seeds that maybe will grow a century after you're gone. You know, a, a lot of the work that we do in ministry is is planting seeds. We're investing in people. And we may not see the outcome of that. Even in, in city reaching, what we do today may not be manifested for a couple generations down the line. Look at the men of old. Yeah, well, you look at Hebrews 11. Look, yeah. look at the the Hall of Famers of, of the faith. Many of them, uh, as as we're told, just saw the 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 product, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. from afar. Uh, but God God has given us the opportunity right now to experience that instantaneous blessing that it is more blessed to give than to receive. Uh, and and have that personal and direct touch, I think um, uh, Furman, you mentioned that as uh, as well. Let's talk a little bit about that. Think back uh, maybe to some some recent uh, stories, uh, incidents that that you've been involved in, where you said, "Wow, you know, I'm I'm glad I woke up today and was able to help this person and just see the joy and and uh, and the thanks in their face and you know all the all that." Sweat equity that I just put into this is all worth it because I saw that uh, one smile. Let's talk about maybe some of those stories that that you may have uh, from the field. We had one last week. Maxine, maybe? Yes. She did not have a stitch of furniture in her house. Mm. She was just living on a little pad in the bedroom. And uh, we griped and grumbled all the way of working it because it was a huge king-size bed up the story upstairs. I sent you upstairs. Yeah, you did. That's against our union contract. (laughs) We'll talk about that. But she was very, very Very happy happy Mm. that we got that. I even made her sit down and lay down on it. (laughs) Big smile. And we took a chair to her, too. So we'll get her something in the by and by, some more stuff. But it. You talk about instant gratification, and that, that was one right there. Right. Wonderful. And, you know, we get instant direction, too. Uh, I know we were delivering a refrigerator over there in Riverbank to a small house, and there's a big refrigerator. And we yeah, were having something there. We sure did. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, we were trying to get it into the door, and it just wasn't fitting in the, into the door of the house. And so we said, well, oh, we're going to have to take off the, 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 uh, the doors of the refrigerator. No, the lady's grandson was looking at us. No, what you do is you open the refrigerator, shove the doors through the through the house first, and then turn and then turn it around. And I was going to sure enough it worked. Who would have thought? Wait a minute. Let, let me write that down. Okay. 
Right? I never thought of that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I mean, I'm really good at opening the doors of a refrigerator, but not for that purpose. He was so happy to see us being successful there. Yeah, you were talking about taking the doors off. He said, well, I got that one in here without taking the doors off. That's right. Why did you do that? Well, it's also interesting, too, the people who donate a lot of what we get, a lot of times they'll express that they just they just hope that the things they're giving will go to somebody who really needs them, and, and we can look at the people and, uh, and tell them honestly that it, it will. And I remember we had a, a couple from uh, here in Modesto who were going to retire to North Carolina, so they were getting rid of a lot of their personal possessions, and they had beautiful furniture. I mean, uh, it, it was very nice stuff. And I, I can remember the lady just saying, well, I hope somebody can really use this or really will want it. And I, and I, I knew we were going to get distribute most of it that day because we had – a list of needs for many of the things that were being given, and, and I could tell her that don't worry, that you, your things are going to go to people who really need them, and that you know, so you get it at both ends. Not only the people receiving, mm-hmm. but the people giving are very, you know, you can bring a lot of happiness that way. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are amazed that we take it directly from their house to another yes. house. Yes. Right? Yes. We're housing. I mean, you know, maybe in right. fifteen minutes, this is going to be in another house. You know, and that's an amazing thing. I, I, and, and I don't know that that's so much on purpose. It's it's the way that God uh, <laughs> kind of worked it out here. We, we don't really have space uh, for one thing to to store things. And I think this this immediacy, the the direct connect, is really important. Uh, as as you just mentioned, Dave, because the person who's donating it knows, hey, and today, right. you know, oftentimes this this piece of furniture that I'm, I'm donating is going to go in and enrich someone's life and, and uh, really send them a message today. Not not three weeks from now, not a couple of years from now. It's going to be an instantaneous blessing. That's got to mean something to a lot of these people. God really connects those dots, doesn't he? And we, we know, we see those divine appointments. We just have that you know, you, you can sense the Holy Spirit in, in, in all of these, uh, in, in many, many, many of these uh, connections. Men, as we approach Father's Day this week, <laughs> I, I first of all want to wish all of you a very happy Father's Day and, and all of our, our dear friends listening as well. I hope this is a very um, happy Father's Day for you. And, and also uh, realizing that many of us uh, have... Uh, our fathers have, have already gone on, uh, have, have passed, mine, mine included, and uh, a lot of lot of us <coughs> maybe have have very fond memories of, of fathers and have, have very good good feelings there. In addition to that, many of us don't. Okay, but um, also wanted to to mention that um, many of you have have uh, grandchildren <laughs> as well, and and. Bringing up our children and our grandchildren, inculcating them with the spirit of serving and passing that legacy on, how important is that? Whether we had parents who served or didn't or whatever the case may have been there for us, how do we feel about that? Can you speak to that? Maybe each of you address that. Go ahead. All, all of a sudden, about two days ago, we received a telephone call from our grandson, who's graduated from college. Speak up to the, the mic yeah, if you would. Anyway, please. he said that uh, 
oh, I want to let you know we're coming by to spend the weekend with you. <laughs> we're going to go to Yosemite. <laughs> so we have four additional uh, house guests this, this weekend. Wonderful. But, you know, that's, that's true. So for Father's Day. For Father's hey, Day. You, be you better believe birthday. that. Yes. Here. Yeah. It also goes, you know, to what uh, I've been taught is to, you know, trust God, love people, mm-hmm. and do your very best. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, to me, it's 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 like everything as a parent. I, I don't have any grandkids yet, but I have two sons in their twenties, mm-hmm. and basically they're they're in that stage of life where they're very very busy with careers and, and you know advancing relationships and things like that. So, but the thing I know they always do and they've always done is that they look to you, the the father, the mother as an example and so when you do this kind of thing even if they at this moment don't have the kind of time to put in it that maybe you do as a retiree or myself they see you doing this and I think uh, the power of example is just as strong when the kids are older as it was when they were seven eight years old and I think that they will remember that and when their time comes when they have some some time and some energy where they can devote to something like ABC, they'll, they'll take that opportunity. Speaks volumes, doesn't it, Dave? Yes, yes you're does. modeling that, and yeah. you're doing a fine job so of that. It's, it's about being a role model. It certainly mm-hmm. is. Leonard, you have children and grandchildren, and I know that many of them do serve, and, and you are a, a wonderful uh, example of involving your family in that. You sure about that? <laughs> <laughs> I hope they don't drive like you did. I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. I know you are. We love you. You know, you know that. Haven't had any fender benders yet. No, you haven't. Never mind the dinner truck. But anyway, mark the back end. That's one bad one that I got. Is I just get in and jump in, put it in reverse, and back I go. We love you. <laughs> You know, what, what I'm hearing, and I think this is very important, and, and this is a, a, a dynamic with the up-and-coming generations, especially the millennials. Uh, they're not so much uh, into us preaching to them about what they ought to do, mm-hmm. but they're very sensitive to authenticity, yes. uh, very sensitive to watching. And, uh, you know, modeling uh, serving is, is an incredible thing. I was just thinking, uh, Elaine, as you were talking, uh, I can remember my grandpa, who was a pharmacist, uh, would volunteer to go and, and give people vaccinations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember him down in Pasadena, and at that time, uh, he would uh, they used sugar cubes uh, for yes. these vaccines, yes. and they we would remember, inject the. We all remember that. And, and I remember grandpa injecting the sugar cubes and and, and passing those out to the people coming. And then, uh, you know, my dad was a, a school teacher as well for 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 somebody. In fact, died the day he was teaching. I mean, he was wow. just. Uh, was mm-hmm. expecting to go to work the next day, uh, but always volunteering, being a timekeeper for the basketball games, and uh, later on a reserve police officer, and that uh, uh, led me into to that as well. So it, it it really for me it was just well that's what you do, that's what you see, and uh, I think for and by the way, grandchildren uh, I'll probably be on oxygen before I <laughs> see grandchildren, but you know my my kids have grown up with. You know, uh, serving not being something special that you do once in a while to check off your list, but this is part of what you do. 
This is part of your responsibility to God. This is part of of your responsibility to your community. Mm -hmm. And I think all of you are modeling that, and that speaks louder than any lecture that that, that we can give. And, And not only is it your children and grandchildren who are seeing that, but the children of the people you're delivering furniture to are seeing that and and the children of the people who are donating Mm -hmm. their their furniture. So there's there's an impact here for for generations. I have a quick question for you. As you've been out there schlepping furniture uh, to bless people, what's been your biggest challenge? What what item or or what uh, delivery has been whether it was a, a funny moment or a difficult one, what, what, what was one of your most difficult challenges? King size bed up steps. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. We won't let you lure that one down. I know you won't. Okay. Refrigerators that don't fit through doorways. Okay. Dan, how about you? Oh, it's just. Oh, gosh. Um, just. Uh, like, like Dave and all the other guys were saying, it's just it's just the the reward that you see mm-hmm. on their face mm-hmm. when when you give give them something or bless them with something, and just oh gosh, at the end of my street, there was. Two girls and and they were, like I say, they were sleeping on air mattresses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know they, uh, that was uh, a lot of gratification there. It's uh, a, the simple things that yeah. we often take for granted that uh, that make yeah. such a difference. Indeed, two beds to Yeah. Well, that's that's a that's a great blessing, Furman. What about you? Well, just remembering that uh, no matter how how the people are that we give them, they're still you still have to love them. And, mm-hmm. and because there's been a few occasions where you you look at an individual and you you go you question you know their lifestyle or whatever, and but at the same time you can't be a critic. So easy to judge, love. isn't it? Yes, it is. We ha- we have to love, don't we? <clears throat> yes, it's very important. Rem- can you you mentioned just a minute ago how Furman was so resourceful? Uh, I mean, you know, the best laid plans of mice and men. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're going to deliver this, and uh, then you know this this should be a, a piece of cake, and and uh, you know, but before the furniture, friends. Uh, I remember being out a couple times with Mister Owl, who's mm-hmm. who's not here today, our, our predecessor. I remember one time we had a, it was like a lazy boy uh, chair. Uh, unfortunately, there was no doorway in this place that that thing was, was going to fit through. And we wound up dismantling the whole sliding screen door uh, for this and then found out that once we got it into room A, it had to go into room B. And it wasn't going in. I mean, it was an all-day thing to deliver, uh-huh. you know, one chair. And uh, I would imagine that you have, just have to keep a sense of humor about what you're doing out there, right? And just say, well, you know, 
uh, we'll maybe spread some grease on it and see if we can slip it through. I mean, I, 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 <laughs> carry a chainsaw. A, a chain, 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 chainsaw to, to do that. Um, we heard from Dan, and, and I, I think, Dan, you're just a wonderful example of, of how we need not prejudge and uh, just say, hey, you know, if you're willing to serve, what, what does God want you to do and, and, and roll with it, you know, without uh, putting any limited expectations on that. I mean, go around the room and, um, men, if, just think of somebody your age around the room uh, thinking, well, you know, I don't, I don't know what difference I can make. I'm retired. I don't you know. I'm, what would you say to them to inspire them just to go out and, 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 and try something to bless someone else? What, what words of encouragement would you give them? And I'm just because he's on my left-hand side, I'm going to start with Dave uh, over here. What, what would you say to that guy who was in your place? Well, sometimes I'd say just uh, op- open up your eyes a little bit, look around. And, and a lot of times we get so comfortable in our environments, our communities, we Sometimes we we don't realize the needs that are out there, and uh, some it's, it can be as simple as well, somebody listening to this could have heard Elaine list off the various things that the organizations need, or looking in the paper, or someone in in church talking to someone in church, and you hear AVC. I mean, I, I've I don't know how many times I've been asked, "What does AVC stand for?" I mean, the actual letters, and you you know sometimes it's just if you Open your eyes to the opportunities, seek them out a little bit, and you'd be surprised what you can do in your own own community, mm-hmm. sometimes your own neighborhood. It's 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 pretty amazing. Now Leonard, you're a great motivator. You're you're an infectious God has given you an infectious person. Not an infection, person. but I an didn't infectious. Say you were an no. infection. That's a I difference. said you were infectious. Uh, what, what would you say to somebody who, who might have been in your position they're retired? What, what, what would you say to motivate them? Well, I don't know. I guess just direct, just try it, you'll like it. Mm-hmm. It used to be an old saying a little yeah. while, while back. But um, a lot of people say, well, you know, I'm just too busy. Mm. Well, when you was working, do you have more time? So you make time for what you want to do, mm-hmm. really. And uh, so the Lord's laid it on me to make my time on this. And um, it's very rewarding. Very rewarding. Ken, yeah, what about you? No, here. It, it's nice to find a need and solve that need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Successful in doing that. Uh, as I said, I, I do play for some retirement organizations, yes. and it, uh, the old folks really seem to enjoy that sort of stuff. And of course, I enjoy doing it too. Even on your days off, Even last on my, on my days Friday. Off. And we really enjoy his impression of Jerry Lee Lewis. You know, on the. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. That, 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 that's, that's okay, you know. I have to, I have to do a little, little polka here and there. They like the beer bell polka, you know, and things like that. <laughs> the modern stuff. The modern, modern. The modern stuff, you know. The 20s and 30s, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you know, actually, my, my, my first experience with ABC was painting a house. Yeah. Oh, yes. that's right. Yes, a little 95 right. year old lady yes. needed her house painted. I remember that. And it was through, through this organization yes. we were able to do that, and she was just very happy and appreciative mm-hmm. of what we were. And, you know, in fact, she would walk to her store 
and she had a walker, mm-hmm. and she would, in the, in the walker, she could go down there in the walker to the store and come back, get her all the groceries and so on. But coming back, she put all, all the uh, the groceries in, in the seat, and she pushed the walker back, mm-hmm. which is, shows how eventful you know, people can be, you know, and resourceful and solving their problems. It's amazing how many incredible stories are hidden in our community. Not, a, I mean, a lot of needs that are hidden as well, but incredible stories like this one. Lillian, was that her name? Yes, it was Lillian. 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 Yes, that's right. You remember it. Wow. You know, my short-term memory is going, but I do have a little bit of recall. Yeah. AARP has nothing on it. All right. <laughs> you know, sometimes all you do have to reach out and just ask somebody, hey, have you ever thought about volunteering? Yes. Bill. Yes. Who works with John? There you go. Yes, yeah. that's you know, right. He's Absolutely. and he's not a Christian man, and he more or less kind of jumped at the opportunity to come. He's an expert plumber. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. And uh, I guess he's doing a real good job. He's doing a wonderful yeah. job, and he's drawn to the light. Furman, how about yeah. you encourage someone different? For me, I have to just uh, reiterate that the feeling that I get from giving is greater than that from receiving. Wow. So that I tell people, you, you just have to do it because that's the only way you're going to get the feel. And I can't tell you about it. You have to feel it yourself. Yeah, that's right. Dan, encourage us. Oh, well, it's... Oh, gosh. I think you would be a prime example of Nike's motto. Just do just it. Do it. Yes. Don't you think? Yeah, well... Amen. Yeah, you say that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let us just say this, men. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And God bless you. Have a very happy Father's Day and keep up the good work. And dear friends at home, around the world, wherever you happen to be listening, thank you for listening and sharing a part of your day with us. And have a very happy Father's Day. God bless you all.